Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. The illustrious Jabba bids you welcome. <laughs> I'm going to regret this. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. Okay, Jose. I'm your father, Luke. Give in to the dark side of the force, you knob. He saw Jedi 17 times, eh? Hey, Church Planner, this is Pete Mitchell. And this is Peyton Jones. Coming to you for a car cast. Car cast, car cast, party on, excellent, woo! Party on, Pete. Yeah, I, you know, I'm just not as excited about the car cast as you are. No, I'm not. Actually, CarCast sucks, but it is what it is. It is what it is. Well, you know, hey, we had a we had a missed week in there, which first time in a couple of years we've had a missed week. But uh, it was kind of understandable because of what you were doing when normally we would be recording. Yeah, I was letting complete strangers cut into my baby. Mm, they're always strangers, aren't they? It's weird, man. Like the amount of trust. Yeah, my baby had spinal surgery. Thanks for your guys' prayers. Uh, she uh, has spina bifida, and the uh, surgery was meant to correct it. So she's doing good. She's recovering. But uh, yeah, man, that that kind of took the wind out of my sails. That was it. Yes. So I mean, how's she doing now? Because. I remember when it first happened, you were like, oh, dude, this is not good. You know, her legs aren't moving and the surgeon's like, oh, everything's fine. And of course he's that way because he's the one who gets sued first. And, you know. Yeah. He's the one that did it. So he's okay, like, oh, no, it's all fine. Everything's wonderful. And sorry, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry about that. Sorry, sorry I, I just, uh, I hit the sound effects button. I know you can't hear it, but oops, my bad. <laughs> During this no, like no total problem, serious man. time, and all of a sudden we got strange brew going off. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, man. So you know, basically they were, you know, they were a little bit nervous that her legs weren't working right. So we're like going through all the guilt of, oh my gosh, we've crippled our child. 
you know, like she lives in pain every day and we've had to make the choice between her living in pain and the risk of her not being able to walk. They're kind of like, well, guess what? You know, it's not looking good right now. Her legs aren't moving. We expected to see more by this time. And, uh, but you know, Hey, praise God, man. And she's doing, doing great. And she has no pain. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, that's great. Cause she's, she's now walking totally different, right? Yeah. She, uh, she, you know, once she could kind of lift her legs up, I mean, it was kind of funny because, you know, I leave her Thursday and she can barely like raise her legs off the floor. She's kind of like standing, but everyone's like, Oh my gosh, that's a miracle, you know, but, uh, cause she just had spinal surgery the day before. Well, she's tough, man. This baby's a tough cookie. And she, uh, man, the next day I come to get her, uh, cause Andrew's like, Hey, they're probably going to discharge her. I go in the room and I have a video of this. They have these cribs that look like cages or like metal cribs. Yeah. And they have like, uh, plastic things that come down the top to lock them in there. And I swear, dude, she's like a monkey in the zoo, back and forth in this cage. She's back and <laughs> forth, back and forth, pulling things out. And the, the, the nurse is coming and going, don't remove too much. She just had spinal. And I'm like, you stop her. You guys lock her in this cage, you know, so she can't get out. And, and now you don't want to run around. She's bouncing off the walls in there. It's funny as heck. So I took a video, like every responsible parent would do. She's no, I pulled her IV thing out of the wall. It was hilarious. I know that. I know that. Uh that well i mean luke luke spent a few days in the that himself i mean i don't know i think the first year he had seven or eight surgeries so yeah yeah been down that path yeah not not spinal but uh been down the path nonetheless anytime yeah. anytime your kid yeah. gets put under i mean and they're that young it's pretty scary like i think the first time my son was put under he was uh, maybe three months old. I oh mean, my gosh! Pete. Yeah, I mean wow. he was a preemie, so so you know, you know. But now he can't shut yeah. up. He won't stop running, and he's causing trouble and a <laughs> muck everywhere. You fixed him too much. I know. I keep. I look every once in a while. I look over at my wife because they put him on this medication, and they go. All right, now um, you might notice that he gets really lethargic on this, and we were like, "Are you serious? He's been on it for three months, and he's the most active kid we've ever, you know, seen." <laughs> and so every once in a while, because now he's not on it anymore, right? Every once in a while, I look over at my wife. I'm like, "Do you think we can get some more of that medication and give it to him?" Because my gosh, he's all <laughs> double over the, the place. dose, man. Yeah, but uh, but yeah. So hey, what what kind of smack talk you got for us? That's pretty much it, man. I don't have a lot of smack talk today. I'm, I'm, I'm all, I mean, today's topic, right. Is when you don't got the juice and, uh, after the surgery last week, you know, and going through that emotional roller coaster, I ain't got the juice. So that's kind of my smack talk. Mm, I see. I see. Well, um, I don't, I don't know that I've really got any great stories for the week other than, uh, you and I were at a conference earlier in the week, and uh, that was an interesting little tidbit. I, I'll, I'll tell you, the highlight of the conference was Pilgrim and Daniel. Oh, yeah. Yeah, those were amazing interviews, both yeah. of them. 
So if you listen to Hardcore Church Planning, you would have caught Daniel Williams on Wednesday. Um, that was a great one. I think Ruben even put up on Facebook. He goes, you just need to interview that guy again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then and then I can't even remember what movie we were talking about. It might have been Billy Madison or something. But, uh, but somebody put up on Facebook, yeah, we take communion every week because I love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh i was dying when i saw that again but uh and then uh pilgrim which if you're not in jump school you won't uh hear pilgrim's interview because we do uh an in the trenches interview with uh church planners who are literally in the trenches who are you know making stuff happen on the front lines it's always good to hear their experiences and he's a a multiple uh church planner and so yeah he he is uh what was cool about his interview was this month in jump school which is the 11th month if you join of course today you go back and start up month one you still track with us we all have the the monthly band of brothers we're on that together you can ask whatever topic you want but but chronologically from the time we started we're on month 11 right now together and uh the theme this month is multiplication and how to hardwire your church for multiplication. So your church doesn't start and end with itself. It goes on to actually expanding the borders of the kingdom. You're raising up other planners from, from day one. And we talk about how to do that, how to make sure that your church is actually a multiplication church. Uh, and so we had Pilgrim. Pilgrim is that way. In fact, that was how really he and I started talking was he, he actually reached out to me and said, how do I do this? I, I think either there's something wrong with me or I'm called to be a multiplication church planner. I'm the guy kind of like me, the serial planner, the guy who goes out. And so we chatted through that, did a bit of coaching, and it was great to have him on the show, uh, particularly on the other side of his church plant now in Tampa Bay. Yeah, so... Um... One of the things that that happens in jump school, and this is actually something that we've uh, recently put together and we've now made it a standard part of jump school. Uh, everyone gets a uh, a jump school binder, which, you know, that sounds, oh, it's a binder. No, no, wait until you see the binder. The binder is actually really cool because all of jump school is a World War II theme. Because if there's one thing you can know about me is I'm all about the image and the branding. And Peyton is totally... Oh, and the logo. And, and the logo. It's all about the logo. And yeah. Peyton is totally the opposite. He's all about the direct response. He just wants results. He doesn't care how things look. Uh, and, uh, and so, you know, th that's just a little bit of us. So I'm the one who is in charge of the binder, <laughs> of course. Because that's what's important to me is the looks. And it it's so it fits. It fits the World War II theme. It it looks fantastic. You know, with the jump school uh logo, which I'm so proud of. Uh, you know, I don't right, care about any of that. No, you don't. And uh and so we were sending them out because it's something we we realized we needed to do for all the people that are in jump school because all the different things that you get in jump school, like we've got the jump school dossier which is uh, it basically every month it's like detailed. It, it's delivered in a PDF format online, and it's it's basically a tome of work from Peyton on uh, every aspect of 
church planning. And every month, obviously, there's a there's a topic to it. Well, between that and then we've got you know executive book review summaries that we do every month and core team questions, which are meant for you to be able to take back to your core team uh, and basically transfer to them the knowledge that you're getting in Jump School. Um, there's a lot of you know paper, if for lack of a better term. There's a lot of material. And, uh, and one of the problems that we realize is, you know, if guys are just reading this online, um, it gets to be, uh, it, that, that's a lot to read online. So most guys probably want to print it out. Well, we had problems like, you know, the way that we'd originally formatted it, they didn't have page numbers. So like I printed everything out, dropped it. And it was like, oh, forget it. I mean, there's no way I can put this back together because pages are and out you of did order. actually drop it. That's the hilarious part is that what it had no page numbers. And you drop this thing, and it's huge. When Pete says it's a tome, it's easy like two church planning books or possibly three. It is a lot of material. It's the most comprehensive training I have on church planning. And Pete literally, like, he dropped it off his desk. But see, that's everywhere. that's a good thing, though, because if I hadn't dropped it, we wouldn't have known – you know, we need to go back and reformat all of this and make sure they all have, you know, what month it is and the page number. And is this the dossier? Is yeah. this the yeah. uh, core team? I mean, so it was kind of good. And then we did all this work and it's like, yeah, but look at how much this like, is. Like Bob Ross. Like Bob Ross says on the cover of Church Planner magazine, that there are only happy accidents. <laughs> oh, wait, that was Philip Yancey. Sorry. Dude, doesn't it look like Bob Ross? I just, I'm expecting him oh to go. Oh, my gosh. We're, we're going to put a cute little bush right here. And, oh, look at this. Look at how we make the tree. You know, that's totally Ooh, what. Happy plants. Happy plants. Happy plants. Happy, happy plants. plants. So, uh, so yeah. So, you know, we, we mailed out to everybody who's uh, in Jump School, their, their Jump School binder um, with all the material up to where they're at in the program. Because we've got people all over the place. I mean, we started it almost a year ago. So, uh, so we've got the the bulk of people are you know right there at month eleven. So they got all eleven months worth of material uh, in the binder. But then we've got people at other stages. You know, if they're at month four, they got month four. If they're at month two, they got month two. And then uh, what's going to happen is every month they get the next month's material mailed to them. And we realize that this is a, a better way for them to consume the material than it just being online. But it's still online. And we're leaving yeah. that. And then the highlight of the month, of course, is the Band of Brothers call, which is our live Q and A yeah. call. Like we're doing it next Thursday is uh, the the Q and A call, or I guess since everyone listens to this on Monday, it'll be this Thursday. Um, and that's where our church planners can either email us in or call in or whatever, get their their question addressed. Um, it's live, and then we put up the recording of that. And now what we do as well is we actually burn that call to CD and have the CD mailed out to them. Um, because, again, most of our church planners are by vote. They're working, right? So give them a CD. Right. They can pop it in their CD player on their uh, way to work or whatever, and uh, and they can get that the answers to their questions that way as well. And so it's it's really, really cool. I mean, if you're, you want to know more about it, we've actually just redone the, uh, the front page to the website. Go on over to jumpschooltraining.com. Uh, you can see everything that's uh, included in it. You can see, I don't know, we've got probably, uh, you know, a couple dozen testimonials on there of, of guys who are going through the training and their thoughts on it. 
And and then we've also got a special uh, $67 first month trial offer. So if you're like, hey, I'm not sure if I'm going to like this, hey, try it out for $67. bucks. we will mail you out the binder. We'll mail you out the first month's worth of material. You don't like it. Keep the binder as our gift. You know, keep the first month's material as our gift to you. And, you know, we'll refund hey, you. Looks and looks good on your shelf. That's all I'm saying. Looks good on your shelf. It actually does. That's and all I, that matters to Pete. I've got a bunch of them right here in my office. And I'm like, wow, these look pretty cool. And that wasn't the first binder we tried, too. That was the third binder yeah. design. Because that's how much of a stickler yeah. I am for the looks. The brand, if you will. Oh, yeah. It's all about it. All about it. All about the brand. Sometimes I can barely even stand the stuff that, that you put up, Peyton. I'm like, I'm, I'm in shock, you know? And, and every once in a hey, while, you'll even hey, use a picture, and, and the picture will just like, it makes you look like a shark, really. Yeah, it, but it sells. It gets results, and that's all I care about. Well, you know. By the way, for our listeners, this is a completely bogus comment. Pete and I are teasing each other right now. This is completely bogus. Because <laughs> anyone listening going, what the heck are these guys talking about? It's, we're we're it, only yeah. right now just bagging on each other. Yeah, we're, we're actually the exact <laughs> opposite. Peyton is all about the looks, all about the brand, and I couldn't care less about how something looks. I am all concerned about the results. So, and and ironically, it's not like I can come up and say, "Hey, so if you like the look of jump school guys, you're welcome." Actually. Uh, Pete has really uh, made it look pretty, and he will repent of that. I mean, this is going to bother him for a long time that he made it look pretty, but he did. Well, <laughs> well it's so done, funny. Pete. It's so funny because I have this conversation with clients all the time, right? I'm like, look, all that matters is the results. The results are what matter. Now, people have this this conception in their mind that how it looks uh, determines the results, and they are accurate in that. The problem is, is they think that pretty gets good results and the yeah. exact opposite is true ugly is what gets results well, man it works in long beach right i mean we're about the ugliest church that <laughs> you could possibly imagine and we're seeing people get saved so apparently pete you're right well no it's it's funny so like my client we're doing this podcast and she's like i know you're gonna have a problem with me saying this but i think it needs to look good blah blah blah, blah. and i'm like no 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 there's actually a time and a place for everything. And so the branding that everyone's so concerned with, like even on their church, the branding yeah. really does matter, but it's not when they think it matters. Like when you're reaching right. out to the community, the really pretty postcard looks literally like every other postcard they get because they're all really pretty. And that's why they go in the trash. Yeah. So it's yeah. it's what we call there's three phases, the beginning, the middle and the end. And the middle and the end is where you want to be all about the branding. The beginning is where it doesn't matter. That's why, like, our jump school stuff, and I, I, I have told Peyton this. I'm like, hey, you can go hog wild on the branding at this point. You know, once someone has joined jump school, they're now a, a client of jump school. It is all about the branding at that point. You know, you want it to look fantastic. So, so yeah. it's not that I'm yeah. against it, and it's not that Peyton's against, you know, yeah. what, what works and results. It's just... It's it's one of those things that you and I always go back and forth on, as everybody does. Yeah, it's a part. Frankly. It's a partnership, and it's it's work, man. And here's a funny thing: I'll never forget we were at that conference that we were at this week, like two years ago. And you're like, "Hey, here's this postcard," and I get it, and I'm like, "I hate this." And you're like, <laughs> "Just trust me, just run it. You can print up another one and just run it." And I'm telling you, I even had another pastor. He looks at me and he goes, "Really?" 
He goes, this is one of those cheesy marketing from the 80s. Blah, blah. And I go, and yet ironically, you're holding it in your hand talking to me about it. <laughs> I go, that's interesting. And he just smiled like, yeah, you kind of got me. And it created like a buzz. There oh, was a it was surf. huge. It was actually the single was, best pulling marketing I, piece at that conference from any vendor. We pulled 13% of the attendees into our funnel. And uh, the most anyone else so had done. Traffic come. Yeah, I've never seen so much traffic come to my booth in any event. Uh, it, it was it was incredible. So hey, just so you guys know, man, you know when Pete's talking about this stuff, you know the uh, the stuff with like your church, you know postcards. We ought to do a show on that, Pete. I do a whole show on the kind of postcard that you would use for a, a church plant. You know, like you said, the difference to actually because what you're looking at doing, it doesn't matter if it's your website, doesn't matter if your postcard, it, you're looking to get the attention of the non-believer. That's could, what you're looking to do. And you let our box drop. Could, could we call it um, when you don't have the Holy Spirit, you can always use Pete's marketing postcard? Could that be like the title <laughs> of the episode? <laughs> no, because that's most of the other things that I see out there anyway, so. <laughs> We want both, Pete. We want both. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Well, I mean, if you want, if you want the Holy Spirit, I mean, if if that's really what you want, if you think that's important, that's cool. And you want a postcard that pulls. You can't go to the right place. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> and you want a postcard that pulls. I love it. Yeah. So hey, loss. before loss, man, that's the key. Is that's what we're talking about? Not just getting Christians because. Christians will look at the uh, the nice design and go, oh, nice, nice design. That church looks good. Whereas a non-believer, that's who you're really looking at grabbing a hold of. You know, that's actually, a lot you of- raise a good point. I wonder if the disgruntled Christian who's like, oh, I'd like to find a new church to go to, I wonder if that is what gets them. I wonder if when they see, oh, look at this postcard looks cool. It looks like they've got some great programs over here. I should go check out this church. I wonder if that's what pulls them. Well, I've got this theory that most of the stuff that, that cheese off Christians are looking for are the opposite of what a non-believer is looking for. So oh, well, cheese totally off Christians is. going, oh, I want the hour-long service. Cheese, uh, you know, a non-Christian is going, no, man, you know, let's let's camp out and talk about this, you know? Yeah. I got some time, man. You know, this is my soul. So, you know, there, there's, there's a whole list. And I suppose probably going back over the podcast, we've talked about it so many of those points where you know that is my theory that uh, they're just looking for opposite things and that's why to a certain degree you have to step out and say i'm going to determine who i'm going after and you really have to make a choice am i going after lost am i going after other people's cheese off christians yeah so but anyways that's so off topic but you know good point it is it is so um hey peyton let me ask you something real quick before we get uh before we get on with our topic, uh, have you been wanting to get your church started with online giving? Yes. <laughs> Were you like wondering where I was going with that or what? I was like the you longest know, I pause. Was, I, you, yeah, I, was, I didn't. I thought, wow, now there's a question out of the blue. You know, <laughs> why is he asking me this? You know, I was like, one, one minute we're talking. I mean, that was kind of random beat. <laughs> But okay, I'll roll with it. <laughs> well, let me let me ask you a follow-up question. Since you have been wanting to get your church started with online giving, have you been using PayPal as a cheap and easy placeholder? 
man, you know, Pete, I have, which is why you creeped me out when you asked me. It's like you read my mind. <laughs> well, stop it. A better solution is here. MoGive, and that's spelled. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Well, you, you know, you're kind of pushy and you've hurt my feelings after talking to me like that. Tell me so abruptly to just stop it. I mean, you didn't discuss it with me, but uh, M-O-G-I-V, there. Ooh, that, that was so, I, you know, I didn't feel that. I didn't feel that. MoGiv, spelled M-O-G-I-V, <laughs> is an online and text-based giving platform built specifically for the needs of new and growing choices. Go to MoGiv.com forward slash church to learn more. Again, that's MoGiv.com forward slash church to learn more. See, I kind of like how we seeded that, that commercial in. That sponsor. I like it. I just thought I'd play it different that time. You know, mm-hmm. I was getting into character. You know, I was kind of feeling the pain, bringing up some emotions from my past <laughs> to, uh, to kind of get in my role for that, the character. Uh, so I don't, I, I hope it was convincing. I hope it came across right. Uh, now I'm not expecting an Oscar, but you know, I'm just hoping that I moved our listeners a little bit with, with my portrayal of that character needed to find an alternative to PayPal. Uh, well, well really, you know, you, you came across as like a non-math pastor. You know, it's funny, Pete, that you mentioned that, because, you know, I am a non-math pastor, and I've many times thought to myself, if only there were an organization that uh, could, you know, help the non-math church planner or pastor. You know, because I'm called to other things. Like like an organization that could help you out with, say, bookkeeping and uh, maybe taking care of all the IRS stuff and the guidelines and getting everyone their tax-deductible receipts, that kind of thing? Not just that, Pete. Not just that. But I'm looking for someone who can help me work out workman's comp, payroll. I mean, all the things that I, as a preaching and counseling pastor, and even a church planner on the front lines, don't really have time for. You mean you want a service that could simplify your church? Absolutely, Pete. Simplify my church. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. That's no, the wrong ad. That's, that's not it. Right. That's wait, not it. <laughs> you killed her ad, Peyton. No, I'm teasing. The service, of course, that Peyton and I are, are talking about is simplifychurch.com, where you can get all of your bookkeeping needs, everything met for a mere pittance of what it would cost to do it yourself. That's simplifychurch.com. Man, that was the smoothest transition ever <laughs> from one. That was slick, Pete. I'm keeping an eye on you. I don't know if our <laughs> listeners even saw what we were doing there. I don't, know if they, I don't know if they still hung around. It was like the five-minute long commercial. Well, it was two for the price of one. So now well, you don't have to listen at the end, everybody. That's it. That's it. Well, hey, let me uh, let me play us a little Doc Brown, and uh, and then we'll go right into our topic. Great, Scott! It's time for this week's topic. All right, Peyton. So hit us again with the uh, topic, and let's jump in. Okay, so our topic today is when you don't got the juice, and uh, you know, here's the thing, guys. Um, everything that you do takes a little bit of a chunk of change out of your pocket emotionally. You know, we all have this emotional reservoir, but 
there are things that we're called into to deal with. There, there might be a domestic abuse, particularly when you're on the frontline church planning. There's distress. There's the uh, the constant tension that everything might suddenly implode all at once. Um, there might be tensions in the family because you're juggling a Bible career uh, and ministering to the church, and then you're trying to find time for family. And uh, as Charlie Marquez said this week, he said, I feel like I'm ripping everybody off at the same time. God, my family, my work, you know, everybody's getting shortchanged. And, you know, the interesting thing is that you only have so much. And then when something big happens, you know, some people leave the church or someone's backbiting you, or maybe there's a family crisis or something bad happens at work, uh, you, uh, you know, then you're done. You know, you're you're literally just done. You're, you're you just got no more juice. And um, so for for me in the Jones house, it was family. Something I didn't mention in in, in uh, Smack Talk was we. <laughs> my daughter watched a plane crash on the beach the other day on Fourth of July in Carlsbad. The uh, a plane just crashed right in front of everybody, and uh, I was back at the house with Eden, but uh, she saw it. And then yesterday, I take my daughter out and. Uh, we watch a guy get attacked by a canine uh, patrol unit. Uh, they're arresting him. It was kind of early morning. I took her out for donuts, and, uh, donuts and coffee. It was kind of like the daddy-daughter date. And uh, but anyways, you know, there's just things that happen. You know, that uh, that come up. And and for her, for six years old, that was like that's like the juice out of her. You know, both both events were kind of scary and traumatic. But for us as adults, when we have things. You know, like for me with Eden's surgery, I I just, all week I've been done. To the point where, you know, I went to this conference and everybody asked me how you're doing. I'm like, look, if I'm being real, I'm tired. You know, really, I don't want to be here. And uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm just basically getting by. I'm, I'm going through the motions. And so today's topic is when you don't got the juice and how do you deal with that? And, you know, of course, the stressors aren't going to stop coming. They're going to keep coming, but you're depleted. You're emotionally, your emotional reservoir is on empty. Mm. And so sometimes for leaders, that can be a real problem. We see it in the Bible. We see it with Elijah, where he just wants to give up. And he's like, Lord, you know, just kill me now. Moses said that, Lord, kill me. Um, you know, why, did, why, why do you hate me, God, that you put me with these people? You'll have those moments. And uh, Elijah had his where he's like, look, I alone haven't vowed my knee to bail. And, uh, you know, those are tough times to get through. You know, I think it's interesting that you say that because I've actually heard you say that same thing about me. Lord, why have you given Pete to me to work with? Why have you burdened me with this guy? Yeah. 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 And and just kill me now. And uh, I love how Moses puts that spin on it where he goes. Why do you hate me that you have put me with? And I, I put Pete in there. I insert Pete's name. Oh, why do you hate me? I love it. I love it. You have put me with these people. I can't remember what uh, chapter that was, but I remember thinking, man, if I ever do a pastor's conference, that's going to be my test. Because every pastor has, has known what that is. I remember a, a buddy of mine, he was a, a Presbyterian pastor, and he used to, he used to go home. And play. I don't. I think it was like Counter Strike or Rainbow Six or something like that on his 
police station and he would just pretend that each guy was a board member and he would just be there with that sniper rifle just boom and that's how he'd work out his ink <laughs> well why don't we but kind of uh knows. yeah why, why don't we kind of unpack this um as far as what you do when uh when you're in this kind of funk if you will you know you're calling it when you just don't have the juice but uh you can call it whatever you want but when you're you're in the funk of just burnt you're burnt yeah yeah what do you do how do you address it and please don't tell me curl up with a good book yeah um no i won't do that because you do uh, know that's the well, reason why jonathan gave us that now famous quote of i have to agree with pete because you kept talking about oh, really? oh, yeah. reading this book and, and i'm like okay but this is also personality based you're into reading, therefore, this is how you recharge yourself. And then Jonathan called in and goes, yeah, I have to agree with Pete. It's a personality. That's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, I think he learned his lesson, though. <laughs> yeah, we'll never get <laughs> him to call back in again, that's for sure. Never agree with Pete. So here's the deal. Um, no, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say curl up with a good book because – that doesn't do it for me. When I get that way and I'm stressed out, I don't want to do anything. And I literally don't want to do anything. I, there have been times I've gone into my office and sat down at my desk and just stared at it. You know, like, I'm done. And I, I think you start learning how to handle yourself. I mean, I've been in ministry for 22 years now in vocational ministry. And, and part of that, I've been 5 Good chunk of that I've been by but you know I've been full time staff I've been you know whatever but over the years you observe it yourself and you start learning you know what you need like when David says um, in Psalm forty two he talks to himself and he goes why so downcast O my soul you know there, there are times you're observing yourself and and I think that every leader every planter needs to have the ability to, to kind of give themselves an assessment and a checkup and not run from it, not pretend it's not there. If there's rot in the tree, look at it. If you're tired, that's what God does with Elijah. He slows him down and he just says, look, pal, get some rest and, you know, get some to eat, get some to drink. Just restore your body, restore your mind. And sometimes, you know, what a guy needs when he doesn't have the juice is he needs a team of guys around him where he can just say, hey, uh, I don't got the juice. I just don't have the energy. I don't have the emotional currency to pay any more tabs. I'm bankrupt, and I need, I need to get away. And Jesus did that. After 10 times of Jesus ministering, we see it says, and then he went away to a solitary place, or he crumples in the boat and sleeps. And you have to know the rhythm in ministry, if you're going to have a big time of outreach or whatever, it's going to take a lot of juice. I am never more wrecked than on a Sunday um, afterwards. That's why I don't take Mondays off because Mondays are when I am feeling like a truck ran me over. I'm still recovering from the adrenaline rush of Sunday, from you know being depleted. And, um, and, I, and I'm not the guy who runs the big show. Well, shouldn't it's that mean you should take things. Mondays off then? No, because what I use Monday for is admin. I literally use Monday for brainless things. 
first off, I do my RPMs in the morning. Then I um, uh, explain to everyone again meetings. what an RPM is. So RPMs are when you meet with a bunch of guys and you uh, and I meet with other leaders. Nothing ever leaves that room. And the RPMs, it stands for relationship, physical, uh, mental and spiritual. And you do checkups. And, um, you know, I, I was in a little bit of a, a depression earlier in the year. Um, a buddy of mine had gone through a hard time and it really affected me. And, you know, when he, when he was not on his back, it just, it hit me like a freight train. And I, I'm not the guy to deal with depression. Well, it was in my RPMs that they go, well, dude, what can we do for you? Can we go shooting with you? Can we take you fishing? Can we, you know, they're my, they're my buddies. And they're like, what can we do? And just having that question made me realize I'm, I'm in a depression. I, I need, I need something, but I don't know what I need. And just vocalizing, I don't know what I need was kind of what I needed. And so then I do RPMs, but then on Mondays I do admin. And, um, so all the stuff I don't want to do any other time of the week because it's boring. I do it on the day where I don't really have a lot of energy and I just trudge through it. That's where discipline kicks in and I can shut my brain off. And that's, that's admin gets done for me every week on Mondays. So, and that's just my own strategy. That may not work for other guys, but like I said, you know, uh, you, you have to know yourself. Lloyd Jones used to say the number one rule in ministry is to know yourself. And so, you know, you, you know how you work. What, well, I might read a book by Spurgeon or Alistair Begg, tell me how they do stuff. And I might glean some things from them, but I might be wired completely different. And what they did may not work for me, you know? Yeah. Um, it's interesting because this very issue is one that comes up all the time for entrepreneurs, self-employed business owners, uh, commission salespeople, because, you know, one of the, one of the key differences between being for a lack of better term, being commission only. Now, if you run a business, if you're self-employed, you're essentially commissioned only, right? You don't make yeah. money or you don't get to personally earn money until you, you go out there and make it right. When you have a job, um, provided that it's at a stable company, you pretty much know you're going to get paid so long as you don't get fired. Right. I mean, you yeah. have a bad day, whatever. And they, they promise you so many sick days a year and so much vacation time. And, you know, you're living for those, those days and those times. But when you, when you're in that kind of mindset of I've got to work to eat, this kind of thing happens all the time where you can absolutely burn yourself out. And I got yeah. one client right now that I think she works probably seven days a week. Like I, I'm not even sure she takes Sundays off. Like I know she goes to yeah. a church, but I think she goes to a church and then is like right back at work in the afternoon. And you know, it's funny. That'll it's burn funny you out. Because that'll burn you out. Yeah, it will. I think there's a myth that people who do that get more done. And I have people all the time tell me, like I was at this conference, everybody kept saying, dude, I'm watching you. You're all over the place. You're doing this, doing that. But I shut off on the weekends. You know, if I'm preaching or ministering on Sunday, great. If I'm off, I'm off. I don't minister. If I'm not preaching, if I'm not at a church plan, if I'm just going to the church that I help out, I'm off. 
I'm just going to church. And, you know, the, the reality is I switch off. And, and the myth is, oh, you get more done if you work more days. I actually disbelieve that mm. um, because I used to be the total workaholic. And I get probably more done now because I know when to rest. So I know how to refresh myself. I know how to work with my own rhythms. And when I do that, I find that I have tons of energy when I need it. And I and, and the other thing, too, is one of the things that, that leads to burnout a lot and people not having juice is, you know, I've talked about the emotional things, but sometimes the stress will eat at you. Mm. And a lot of times guys look at all the, the plethora of things that they have to do in a church plant, all the commitments, like what Charlie Marquez said. And uh, what, what happens is they get overwhelmed. And when you start to get overwhelmed, you start to get drained and depleted. You get a little bit lost. You don't know what to do next. Um, you, you, your compass starts spinning a bit. And so one of the tactics that I've used is on a Friday, there's two times a week where I look at my schedule and I strategize. I, I take my, you know, I use Mac, so I take iCal. And I've tried using other programs, you know, all these different apps, and I think they're lame. All I need is a calendar. It could be a paper calendar, it could be a digital calendar, but I sit and I look at that thing and I strategize. One of the reasons that, that I think there's a perception that I get so much done, I don't know that I do, um, but but I know I don't do a little bit for me. It, it, it's, it's, it's enough. Sometimes I get overwhelmed. And so what I've learned to do is to strategize my schedule and close out my week by reprioritizing and re-strategizing and reordering my schedule. At the end of a week, there'll be things that carry over. To the next week and I reprioritize them. So Monday, after I've, and, and, and in some ways, some guys are going, how do you, what does this have to do with church planning? Forward planning of your schedule will allow you to accomplish so much more. You'll be mentally prepared for what's ahead of you. You won't be stressed because you, you'll be able to methodically tick things off. Like I'm going to do this on that day. I'm going to do that. And things go out the window. Agendas co constantly change. But that's what I'm saying is I've learned to do that. And so Monday is also a forward planning day for me. I've closed out my week and carried over unfinished tasks, prioritized the next week. But then I sit down after the weekend when I'm recharged on Monday and I'm doing the um, admin. Now, if I'm wiped out on Monday, um, still, it's a good time for me because I'm not actually diving into it. So one of two things happens. Either I'm a little bit, you know, uh, afraid, a um, little, little bit warm. But it's okay because I'm coming into the fresh week and I know I'm going to do these things and I, I relook at it or I'm completely recharged and I've got a new perspective and I look at it, but I, I forward plan my week. And, um, and that usually turns into forward planning the month. And that's really how I get stuff done. And I keep the wolf at the door and keep the wolf at bay of stress and anxiety from overwhelming me. What do you do? Um, and, and I've got some thoughts too that I'll share on on this topic. But let me ask you this: What do you do when it comes to uh, family? So, you know, how how do you slate in, if you will, the family time, so you're not jipping your family because you know you got all this work, all this stress, you're burning out. 
And a lot of times what happens is, is, you know, when you're in that situation, especially in a church plant, you're like, but there's so much yeah. work that needs to be done. You know, I yeah. got to stay up late tonight and I got to work on this. Like, so what do you do as far as family is concerned? You know, when do you just call it and say, Hey, you know what? I don't care that I got all this work to, that needs to be done. I'm yeah. not going to do it. I, it needs to wait. Well, I got other priorities. Yeah. So there's a couple things like number one, you know, church zero, cha-ching, team ministry is the key to survivability. So in there, I, I lay out the importance of team ministry and that you do it as a team. So don't try to do it all yourself. That's one of the biggest mistakes you can make. So that's a big part of it. Um, I'm not the guy. I don't do everything. I've got a team around me and my team takes some of the, so they leverage some of that off of me. So I don't need to do it. And, you know, to the case in point where, um, right now I've got a team that they're just doing body ministry. They're ministering to each other. And that, that is what I constantly as a serial church planner aim to set up is a church that does not need me, is not dependent on me. And that starts from day one. And my leadership style ensures that that gets hardwired in. But also as far as the family, um, some of you guys know from listening to the podcast that my weekend is my weekend. I tell my people don't die on a Saturday, right? Um, I am, I am off on a Saturday. Also, um, if I'm not ministering on Sunday, I'm off. Now, if I'm ministering, I'm usually ministering all day, right? So when I minister all day on Sunday, let's say I go down to Long Beach, I minister, I'm usually hitting other meetings on that day and it's nonstop. Then what I do is I take a half day in the week to give back to the family. And that's so my, you know, I'm, I, I missed out on valuable weekend time with my kids because I'll go up into the night right? And I'm away from home. So um, what will happen on those weeks is I'll take that extra half day. Second thing is I work a seven hour day, spending all my plates, doing whatever I got to do. And one hour a day is reserved for me to minister to my family. So that could be a quiet time with the wife. That could be extra time spending with the kids, but I will make sure that one hour of my day will be ministering to my family first. And that will look different from time to time. Um, it, it just depends on what it is. What, what ministry does my daughter need right now? Does she need me to take interest in her life? So yesterday, um, like I mentioned earlier, I took her to the donut shop and the phone went completely away. I'm a big believer. The phone goes away. No business is done on the phone during the weekend. If my wife's in the bathroom and like, you know, I'm sitting there twiddling my thumbs a lot of times, like I'll shoot a text or whatever, but I don't feel obligated to. I might, a lot of times I'm just texting Pete nonsense, but I might be texting other people. You know, I you might, might be I might texting a me thought. a picture of you as Princess Leia. With the uh, caption that says, pucker up your uh, childhood fantasy come true. <laughs> I can't say that, huh? <laughs> and luckily, I did not take a picture of myself with my head on princess Leia in bikini outfit. I did not do that. Did they have that one? Cause I didn't see that one. I didn't see it. All I saw was, you know, her Alderaan garb. So I put that in there, but anyways, Pete and I are having fun with the star Wars app right now. But anyways, the, uh, the bottom line is that, um, the other thing is once a week, the wife and I sit down and we talk about ministry together. There's a lot that, you know, on a day-to-day basis, I'm not telling my wife. 
And, mm. and, and, and I, I hate that, you know, I hate that there's times where I'm not, um, you know, she's out of the loop maybe. And more as I have become more like, uh, uh, you know, I'm in the role of like a catalyst or helping other guys, focusing on other planters, pouring into them. Andrew and I aren't currently planting our own church. Now that may be on the pipe, but right now as a, you know, we've got our baby, she's in and out of hospital all the time. So it's funny that this is the time where God has me just doing this, but it means that there's a, a potential for a huge disconnect. And I would say church planners set aside one hour every week where it's just you and the wife and you're just talking about the ministry. And and don't make that every day. Otherwise, she'll begin to resent it and say, well, hey, we're not talking about the kids. We're not talking about us. But like every week, set in stone at 1230 in the afternoon, the wife and I go and sit in the garden and we talk about ministry and we pray about it. And that I cannot even tell you. I have seen God speak to both of us through that time where we may not have been on the same page. And suddenly the Lord just, boom, you know, I'll watch a breakthrough happen for my wife. Lord will open my eyes up to maybe something my wife's been saying is powerful. And uh, she is your number one teammate. So you need to make sure you're having that meeting. Just like if you were in a church uh, and you had a staff meeting, you're making sure all your team members are on the same page. That's a huge part because then you got your wife in your corner and she's back in you too. But uh, the other thing is regular meal times. Um, Steve Jobs, case in point, uh, as as busy as that, I don't think any of us will ever be as busy as Steve Jobs was, uh, probably doing as much as that guy did. And yet every night he came home, he had dinner with his family. And their rule was no, ironically, their rule was no digital products uh, at the table. No iPhones at the table, no iPad, nothing digital at the table. It's just the time to talk and connect. And so we strive to do that every night, sit around the table. And no matter what happens, that's like a a sacred uh, sanctuary for me and my girls every night, no matter what's going on. I, I, if I got to move meal times, uh, there was a time a couple weeks ago, I had to go do something. We, we ate dinner at like four o'clock in the afternoon. So I could go out and do what I had to do, but we had that time. None of us were really hungry, you know, but we did it because it was just, it's our time to connect. Does that make sense? That was a long answer, but yeah, it does because that's, that's actually what I say in business. Um, when I'm done at the end of the day, which is for us because I work here at the house, it's right before dinner. So we usually eat around five 30 because of, we, of the young kids. Right. So at five right. 30, I'm done. I'm done working. I don't yeah. care how much crap I got still to do. Um, most of my yeah. stuff is for other clients. And as far as I'm concerned, they can wait. You know, the fact that they had an emergency doesn't mean I have an emergency. Um, so, I mean, if they're That's like, oh, point, I need to get this done or, you know, in the, the church sense, you know, somebody's like, oh, my car just broke down. I got to reach out to pastor. Hey, look, that's your emergency. It's not my emergency. I got to take time for my family. And because, you know, really, I would totally violate this when it was just Jamie and I. But now that we got the yeah. kids, I've learned that I really need to respect the time that they need. 
So I don't work before 9 a.m. in the morning uh, because I spend that time with my son. And I don't work after 5.30. And I will work like a dog the rest of the time. And then the other thing is that um, when it comes to, like, trips and conferences and stuff like that, you've got to know, like, how you need to digest that stuff. So like, I've got a trip I'm going on in, in two weeks and I'll be flying out to Phoenix. I'll be out there, uh, basically Tuesday through Saturday. Now the deal is done Friday at one. So I could catch a flight back Friday afternoon if I wanted to. And I'm not. And the reason is, is cause I know that when I'm out there, I'm going to be slammed from you know first thing in the morning until late at night and i'm gonna need some time to decompress before i get back with the family because i need to be there for my family now this is again this is a personality driven thing some people won't be this way for me i need that time to decompress so i'm taking friday afternoon and i will still be going over things from the the seminar that i'll be at all week uh the people that i've met but I'm not going to be like, okay, now I got to hurry up and get home and I got to be the perfect husband and the perfect father. I'm just, I'm taking that time and I'm like, I'm decompressing. I'm just, you know, mulling over the stuff and I'm flying back Saturday afternoon um, because I need that time. And again, you know, as, as church planners, you know, you go to different conferences, um, things like that. And you got to be aware of that. You don't want to just be going from one thing to the next to the next, because then you're going to burn out. I mean, you got jet lag, you yeah. got everything else coming on. And then the last thing that I'll say on, on this topic is um, don't underestimate what a vacation can do for you as far as productivity. Mm. Even yeah. if it's like just a three-day, you and the family go away for just a three-day weekend. You, you want to have a more productive time, take some time off. And don't yeah. work, you know, like you said, put away the phone. The phone to me is my Achilles heel. I, I, I like go through withdrawals when we're sitting at dinner. Cause I know my wife gets ticked if I pull out my phone. And yeah. I mean, sometimes you just, so you got to take that three day weekend. Maybe if you can do it once a month or every couple of months yeah. and just, yeah. all right, I'm not going to work on anything. I'm not taking my iPad. I'm not taking my phone. You know, someone's got a, a, you know, someone dies, <laughs> team ministry, right? Someone else got to help you. I'm sorry. I, I need this time. And you got to take it. And you'll get more work yeah. done. That's the ironic part. You will get more work done if you take your time. Your vacation. Yeah. Absolutely. And and that's the thing is your family needs to be first. They really do. Um, you need to be going to ball games. You need to be doing all that. But it's funny how you say a vacation. One of the things that Andrew and I do every uh every january we do it a couple times a year actually but january is the one where again we'll go away for a week and um and it may be like five days or whatever but we try to do a full week and it will it will be a time just to seek god digital stuff goes out the window um you know you can have an ipad to read or whatever you can still listen to our podcast by the way that's that's cool that's allowed. Yeah, no, I don't do the podcast then. But, but no, 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 no. People can listen to the podcast. Oh, you can listen to the podcast. Yes, of course. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the, the thing is, is that 
um, that time is really valuable. And, and spiritually, because I'm going away seeking the Lord. And this is what I was going to say. The one thing, that, and I was saving the best for last, is you spiritually rejuvenate. Um, a lot of times, you know, it can be physical. You're just overworked. It can be anxiety. We've talked about both of these things. If it's physical, you need to rest. You might need to take a break, you know, take a month off, take a sabbatical, hand off to your team, say, guys, I'm burnt out. I need a month. Uh, just give me a sabbatical for a month or I need a week or I need, you know, whatever it is to just not deal with anything. So if it's physical, you do that. If it's emotional or mental, you know, maybe the, the, the scheduling, um, whatever, there's different ways when you don't got the juice. If there's something wrong in your family and ministries become a stressor, then you apply the stuff that we've talked about. But really, sometimes it's none of the above. Sometimes you just haven't been spending time in prayer. And I find that peace that passes understanding when I'm praying, that comes in. And that sometimes can be what makes all of the difference in the world. Your circumstances haven't changed, but internally you've changed. And now you have the juice. You have the ability to keep going. You, you might have a perspective that's totally wrong. You might be really mad and upset. Someone might be getting ahead. You're jealous of the next church plant down the road. And you're all discouraged. And then you spend like a couple minutes before the Lord. And he just, he just ministers to you. And you're good. You're like, man, no, this is, you know what? I'm called here. And the Lord just restores your soul, like he says in Psalm 23. And that's all you needed. And, you know, it, it was funny because this past week I was I was at a conference and, and I called you and I told you, I called you and said, you know, I feel a little dirty. <laughs> you know? I, uh, I, I, I had a conversation with someone who had been trashing me and you know, and I just didn't have the juice to deal with it. And so, you know, and the guy was trying to be really cool and stuff. But when we, when we stepped aside, he asked me, are we cool? And I said, yeah, we're cool. And I had forgiven him and everything. But when, when he took me aside to talk to me about it, it became kind of evident that he still hadn't recognized, you know, that he had trash in me. And I, I just, after eating surgery, I just didn't have the juice. And I was kind of like, I just said, you know what? I, um, you know, don't worry. It's my issue. <laughs> I told you I feel a little dirty, you know, like I know it wasn't my issue, but I just didn't have the emotional currency. Like I couldn't invest in, in that conversation. Yeah, anymore. I, I think I, that's why it's important that, that everyone has, you know, kind of like this phrase on the tip of their tongue, ready to go. Um, that it's okay to tell someone, you know what, this is an issue we probably do need to talk about, but I'm dealing with some other stuff and I just can't deal with this right now. And the yeah. reason why I say that is, and, and you and I talked about this at the event, so I'm just bringing this up for the church planner. Like that yeah, yeah, guy yeah. still needs to be like, he needs to recognize what he was doing was wrong. And by like glossing over it and saying, Hey, it's my issue you don't actually benefit that guy because he still need like oh, he no. needs to, to be brought back around for him to realize it. But we as a as a people, we just don't have that language, right? We, we don't have in our minds that phrase. You know what? I'm dealing with a bunch of stuff right now. I can't deal with this right now. Let's table this for another time. Yeah, and here's the thing too: is you know, and and there's there's two ways of thinking about this. 
while I appreciate what you're saying there, at the same time, this is kind of where I came to, is that night I didn't have the juice. But in our previous conversation, I, you know, I started off just talking about it. And, and in the end, I ended up chewing him out and really rebuking him. And <laughs> it was not, I mean, if, if there was ever a time where I really let somebody know this was wrong and boom, 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 it was in our previous conversation. But, you know, standing there, I kind of realized anyways, I'm not, and I was fully in self-preservation mode right then. Like, I just can't deal with you right now. I wish I had had that phrase at the moment. I just didn't. Yeah. And so well, when we, I walked away, I told you. I wouldn't have had it. And and, and here's the thing, though. You, you know that movie, uh, Bronx Tale, where they, there's the gangster and he's got the young kid that's this mob boss. And he's got this young kid that's coming up. And uh, he's like, hey, the, the young kid keeps seeing this, this buddy of his going, hey, where's my $20? You owe me my $20. And uh, one day he's just fuming. He sees a guy crossing the street. And every time the guy sees him, he's like, hey, hey, he's like, uh, my $20, my $20, where's my $20? And the, and the kid's like, the, the guy that owes him 20 bucks is like, oh, I got to go, man's sick. And every time it's a different excuse. And so he's sitting there with the mob boss, this kid, and he sees the guy that owes him 20 bucks going down the street. again. he's like, hey, where's my $20? And he starts cussing at him. And the mob boss takes him aside and says, what are you, crazy? Well, what are you doing? What are, what are you, you know, what's, what's, what's the matter? And he goes, the guy owes me 20 bucks. Every time I see him, it's a different excuse. And he runs off and he goes, well, do you like the guy? And he goes, no. <laughs> he goes, well, then there's your problem solved. And he goes, what do you mean? And he goes, well, for $20, you just bought him out of your life. <laughs> he goes, you, you, $20, he's never going to see you again. He's never going to talk again. And you're never going to have to, uh, loan him money again for $20. You got a bargain. And, and here's the thing, church planner. Sometimes I think we get to this point too, where I can remember when I was uh, planting my first church where I was Bivo. I can remember people, everybody, what you said was profound about sometimes people just have an emergency. You don't have to deal with every little thing. I remember feeling like, because I had gone from being full-time employed as a pastor to now being Bivo, and I just didn't have, realistically, I knew what the job took if I ran for everybody's little emergency. And what you said was so profound, their emergencies didn't become my emergencies. And so what, what I would do is I would, some, if anyone got really cheesed off, well, I had this, you know, I'm like, look, you know, you're, you're talking to me like I'm your employee, and the problem is you're not paying me. You know, and they, they just kind of look at me like, wow, I don't know what to say to that. And I'm like, hey, if you want a full-time pastor, you're going to have to pay a full-time pastor. I have a full-time job. I've got a family. I've got this. And and I would just smile like I wasn't even defensive about it. I would just say a point of fact. And I think that, you know, to a certain degree, we have to realize that, that it's not our responsibility, even if you were full-time. Uh, set aside for the work to meet every problem. You never will. Even Jesus couldn't meet every single problem. There were days he would minister and minister from sunup to sundown. And he would collapse in a heat at the end of the day in a boat. And those times, he doesn't do that all the time. You see Jesus, the patterns, he starts getting away. He knows when to kind of put the gate up and say, right, shop's closed, everybody. You know, I'm, I think the I'm a line being. that that pastors need to learn to say is, 
Suck it up, Buttercup. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Okay, now, now, now. That's one of those places where don't take Keith's advice and then write into the show and say, "Why is everybody in my church plant mad at me?" But you got to be realistic. You got to be realistic, and you know we've all heard of the evangelical widow who, while the pastor's out saving the world, you know the family's withering away and dying at home with no one to save them. So, you know, it's all that, but just in closing, you know, the, the spiritual side of it, you know, you mentioned going on vacation. Lloyd Jones used to say, some people go to the Mediterranean, you know, they go to the seaside and they book a holiday on the coast. And Lloyd Jones would say, I go to the 17th or the uh, 18th century. He goes, I pick up a book on Wesley or Whitfield when I'm, when I don't got the juice. And uh, he says, you know, it just refreshes me. And so for, for different guys, it's different stuff. He would read these stories of the movement of the Spirit of God, and it would stir him, and it would awaken something in him, and it would put this passion in him, and he'd fling himself on God and fling himself back in prayer. And I can honestly say, you know, there, there are times where I'm burnt out because I'm not praying, and I'm mm-hmm. not seeking the Lord. And that's what I needed more than anything, was just to sit and rest before God and take everything before Him. And, and let him speak into my life. There, there's that sometimes a prophetic word or a word in season where it says it's health to the bones. It restores the soul. Precious words are like a honeycomb. You know, they refresh you. And, um, and, and so, you know, the story I was going to start off with, I'll close with, I never did tell it was David when he was leading, uh, the people, uh, his band. And the, uh, he was at the city of Ziklag and the Philistines come and attack his city at Ziklag. And he runs off to go, uh, or sorry, sorry. He goes off. I can't remember exactly the context, but he's fighting the battle one place and all their family, his mighty men are with him. And all of his family are in Ziklag. It's like a city fortress. And when he runs out to fight this battle, and another army comes along behind and ransacks Ziklag and takes away all the women and children. And so these guys come back weary and tired from not just battle, but pursuit, and then travel back. And they're just exhausted. And when they get back, they find, and rather than their wives being there and food being ready and, you know, hugging their kids, and they're gone. And they're like, really? So we have to, 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 to go back out. And these are men of war. These are men of blood. And the Bible says they pick up stones and they turn to David to stone him, to kill him, like they're blaming him. And sometimes being in ministries like that, where everything goes wrong, the bottom falls out, your, your evangelistic uh, you know, outreach fails, your risk didn't pay off, it, 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 you know, uh, you, you, you've suffered. Uh, maybe someone's left, like everything's gone wrong outwardly, but then you look around and the people that normally would have supported you, they're nowhere to be seen. And maybe in fact, they're hostile. You've taken a ding in your credibility and now you, you have nothing. And, and the verse that follows uh, that passage says, you know, when everything was lost and he had no one else, it says, but David strengthened himself and the Lord, his God. And so it was almost kind of like a Jedi thing where, you know, 
Darth Maul is pacing with a double-headed lightsaber, glaring hate at him, and he just, he just, you know, that scene where Qui Gon just kneels, you know, and he just meditates. Okay, now Qui Gon died. That, that, that movie doesn't exist. Story. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> that fight scene totally exists. Oh my gosh, it's like the best lightsaber battle so far. But anyways, going on, he, uh, you know, but but it's that thing where David just stops and he just. He closes everyone else out. You can you can just see him stopping, closing his eyes, and just going, "All right, Lord." And he he just goes into what he calls that secret place of the Most High, and it's it's all he had. And guys, sometimes when your back's up against the wall and you don't got the juice, you know, it's, sometimes it's the last place we run, but it needs to be the first place we go. And that that's all I can say about that. You know, I'm in the place where I don't have the juice. I'm resting. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm shuffling off things that really don't matter. Like I can't care. Um, when I, I got another email and I just said, Hey, I don't care. Um, you know, someone had sent me an email about something. I just said, I, I really don't care right now. Um, and you have to be able to say that, you know, at times it's just not priority. And, uh, and, and that's it, man. God will give you the juice and there may be other things that will help give you the juice, but know yourself, assess yourself, and then apply what you need to yourself. Might be a break, might be prayer, it might be uh, forward planning, might be more time with family, might be just switching off. I dig it, man. I dig it. Well, this has been a, a loaded episode of the Church Planner Podcast and uh, Peyton, why don't you just go ahead and sign us out? All right. So if you're like Pete, remember, it might be going to the 18th century and reading a book about John Wesley or George Whitfield and the Great Awakening. That might recharge your soul. But we're reminding you today, this has been the Church Planner Podcast, reminding you that if you want to reach the ones nobody's reaching, you need to go where nobody's going and do what nobody's doing. Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. Music.